Well, welcome, Doug, to the Makuk PSLM podcast series for the launch of issue number three in June 2022. Um, wonderful to have you here and to have Fortis's support, continued support for the magazine. I'd like to just welcome you here, Doug Slater, who's the Vice President of External Indigenous Relations at Fortis BC. Thank you very much, Chastity. It's great to be here today. Yeah, I'm looking forward to our discussion um, today. And I understand that Fortis BC has been uh, operating in the field of Indigenous relations for some time now and uh, have initiated a, a bunch of initiatives in regards to truth and reconciliation. So I'm wondering if you would just like to generally open uh, with giving an overview of Fortis's commitment to truth and reconciliation. Um, yeah, thank you very much, uh, Chastity. You know, at Fortis BC, we are, um, you know, very committed to uh, reconciliation. And um, we've been, you know, uh, our journey is has been one that's, um, you know, spanned uh, a couple of decades. Um, you know, we've, uh, I think because we, we serve uh, 58 Indigenous communities, and we have infrastructure that crosses about 150 different traditional territories in BC. Um, we've been very close uh, to communities and um, to the need for reconciliation. And so as an organization, Fortis BC has been very committed over time. And um, our journey started, um, like I said, a couple of decades ago with us forming our statement of indigenous principles to try to inform our actions and our words and, um, you know, going forward about how we're going to, you know, commit to uh, growing the inclusion of Indigenous people in our business and, um, you know, uh, driving uh, meaningful relationships and respect. That's wonderful. Um, I wonder if you can just share a little bit more about the, your statement of Indigenous relations at Fortis um, and just maybe some of the key elements of what that includes. Yeah, I'd be happy to. So um, just a bit of background, we first created our statement of Indigenous principles back in uh, 2001. And we did that with the help of Indigenous thought leaders, um, you know, really important to build Indigenous perspective into the things that we're doing. And this statement of Indigenous principles for Fortis outlines our commitment to building effective Indigenous relationships and ensuring that we have, as an organization, put in place all of the structures, the resources, and the skills in order to, um, you know, maintain those relationships and carry out the things that that we um, have committed to. And so our, our statement, um, you know, covers uh, the, the areas of, you know, Fortis's commitment to acknowledging and respecting Indigenous peoples, their unique histories, cultures, protocols, you know, values and beliefs. Um, it, it talks about, um, you know, Fortis's commitment to supporting fair and equal access to employment and business opportunities. Um, it talks about, um, you know, attracting Indigenous employees, consultants, and contractors to come work with us and, and uh, to form business partnerships. Um, and, and, of course, it talks about our commitment to uh, open dialogue and clear and open trans, um, our communications, rather, um, you know, and, and uh, 
you know, really our, our interest in mutual benefit for, for both parties. So it's a, you know, it's a really, um, I would say it's a great document. It's, it's high level and it really helps um, our employees connect with and understand our commitment as an organization and then bring life to that and carry it out in their, in their day-to-day work. That's wonderful um, to hear that the statement was developed so long ago, like a couple of decades ago now. Um, and since then, as you know, um, the 94 calls to action were released in 2015 um, in partnership with the Truth and Reconciliation Report. And um, so I'm interested in how is Fortis BC specifically implementing call to action number 92 um, beyond, you know, or maybe not beyond your uh, statement of Indigenous peoples, but maybe it uh, goes deeper into that if you want to speak to that. And what are the initiatives that are in response to call to action number 92 that uh, you're actioning? Yeah, uh, great question. So, um, you know, really there's, I'll, I'll kind of break it up into three main things. And, you know, the first one being, you know, building those relationships you know, seeking the free and prior informed consent of Indigenous peoples before, you know, proceeding with projects. Um, the second one being, uh, you know, the jobs training, uh, access to um, education opportunities, and then finally about how we ed- educate our staff. And so, you know, this is an area we've been very active in. And, um, you know, for example, um, you know, working with so many communities, um, you know, it, I know I talked about our statement of Indigenous principles, but, um, you know, we've been working to, uh, through our leadership actions, business development, employment, and, you know, community relations to really build, um, you know, to carry out our uh, response and, and um, uh, t- you know, give the TRC 92 action here at Fortis BC. And so I'll give some examples. Um, you know, we have, uh, you know, on the equitable access to jobs, training, and education. Um, You know, we have um, undertaken a a number of things, but I would say with our major projects, really kind of focused on bringing Indigenous inclusion and involvement into our projects. And, um, you know, one of the projects that we have that I'd I'd like to talk about is our inland gas upgrades uh, project. And, um, you know, when, when we started that project, it's a five-year project. It's located in primarily in the interior of, of the province across just a number of communi- uh, communities. And through that project, we're, you know, taking a, a bit different approach than we have in the past and really trying to work directly with communities and um, explain that, you know, the type of work that we have, uh, understand what, what, um, Indigenous businesses uh, are uh, available, and then connecting those uh, with the opportunities. And we've had some really great success doing that. We're in our third year of that project. And, um, you know, we've been uh, able to, you know, to grow Indigenous inclusion on the project, um, uh, you know, uh, fairly significantly, you know, in in, uh, 2021, I think of our local expenditures on the project, we were, you know, close to um, uh, about a third of of the expenditures being with the Indigenous communities that we're working with, which is is excellent. So so it's through our approach to projects that we're, you know, we're bringing, um, you know, bringing access to employment on that same project, just to kind of touch on training for a moment. 
We're also trying to work more directly with, um, you know, with all the companies that we're, we're working with to try to build Indigenous inclusion plans, uh, you know, when they're contracting uh, for work with us. And so um, that's helped drive those, those outcomes. Um, and, and a, you know, in terms of the training part, uh, you know, I'll, I'll give an example. We have, um, you know, we need um, for the project, we need help in the safety, safety area where we need, um, uh, you know, companies to come on site and to um, you know, help us manage uh, the safety of our work site. And so these are great opportunities to take, you know, the safety company and see if we can't, you know, create an internship, um, which we've done with the IGU project, um, where we can bring on an, an intern from the local Indigenous community. We did this with um, a member of the Tanaha uh, Nation, where, uh, you know, the, the individual came on, got their, um, you know, safety training, uh, you know, on the project. They're left once the project is complete, of course, they have that, and now they can go and use that. Um, in different places to, to, you know, to work. That's the kind of experience, uh, you know, otherwise might have had to go, you know, to say Northern Alberta or somewhere else to get. So we're really proud of those types of opportunities to leave behind that training and, and education. Um, I'll just touch on next the, the education and management of staff. This is an area where we've been, you know, really busy. Um, um, we've instituted here Indigenous awareness training. Um, we developed that training with input from uh, Indigenous thought leaders. Um, so far, uh, happy to report that about 60% of our employees have, have undergone that training. And we've embedded in our performance metrics, at least for 2022 here, that we'd like to get 85% of the people through there. And then, you know, 2023, we'll look at, uh, at the remainder. Um, that training is really helping share... Um, you know, share information about, uh, you know, raising Indigenous awareness, raising understanding of, of culture, of, of, of histories, and, um, you know, helping our employees gain a better understanding uh, of all those things. Um, on the, um, you know, the consultation, building relationships, um, you know, part of TRC 92, you know, we've built a pretty big team now. Uh, we're, we're about, um, you know, between 40 and 50 employees uh, that are working, you know, in this, in this space, um, you know, working with all those 58 communities in 150 different um, nations whose territories we cross um, as we conduct our work. Um, we've adapted our approach to, um, you know, to really kind of start earlier um, in the process and, and um, you know, be going to the nations with, uh, you know, early engagement. And so, you know, I, I think I'll leave it there, but suffice to say uh, a lot of work going on on those. Yeah, thank you so much for sharing all of the thing, all the, the initiatives that um, you're actioning in regards to call to action number 92. It does um, demonstrate uh, the depth that which um, Fortis has been working um, in this space um, over a couple of decades. Uh, quite often, um, recently, you know, companies are wanting to be a part of the truth and reconciliation movement, but don't really know how to go about that. Um, there, you know, there's that sort of um, corporate will to to want to join the movement um, and 
and respond to call to action number 92. So you've given a lot of wonderful examples of where, you know, companies can start um, and uh, also dig, dig deep into. Um, you talked a little bit about procurement as well and ensuring that um, Indigenous communities have opportunities uh, to be a part of your longer term projects and, and short term projects. So I'm interested if you wanted to add anything um, to uh, talking about your Indigenous procurement strategy and maybe you know what the response has been um, at the Indigenous community level. So um, yeah, that you know, this is something we're we're continuing to to work on. I, I talked a little bit about our experience with major projects, and I, I think our success with with major projects like that um, inland gas upgrades project I spoke to have really paved the way for us to look deeper into our organization and start to evolve our processes to to build greater inclusion. And so we've been working on uh, a, a supply chain strategy that really starts at the front end. Um, it starts with engaging with Indigenous businesses um, in the areas that we're doing work to you know, help build an understanding of what work is coming and, um, and uh, also getting an understanding of what businesses are, you know, are, are there and how they can help us. Um, the, the strategy is also about trying to get some of those businesses registered and or in some cases pre-qualified to really take any barriers out of the way so that when when the work is available, um, you know, we know who to reach out to, we know who to send our request for proposals to and can can build it in, in, you know, get get more um, Indigenous businesses uh, working with Fortis BC. Um, we've also kind of gone to the lengths of looking at, you know, how we're selecting companies and, and trying to redesign that so that we can ensure that we're having, um, you know, those positive outcomes of actually getting Indigenous businesses to come and work with us. And then finally, the, the you know, at the tail end of it, I think it's really about understanding and, and you know, measuring, um, you know, putting in place measurements so that we can look back and say, you know, how have we done? What do we need to change and how can we evolve? And so that work we're, we're just, you know, kind of um, uh, concluding on really excited to, to, you know, kind of bring that uh, strategy into play. And I think it's really going to help us drive even greater inclusion in parts of the business, um, uh, you know, outside of our major projects. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it's encouraging to hear that you're measuring um, your success as I think there's like a saying that says if what gets measured, like gets gets done. Yep. <laughs> and so it sort of, again, shows the level of commitment um, from Fortis in regards to this space. Um, I have heard that you do have uh, uh, a Fortis employee circle that was um, developed for Indigenous employees and, and, and non-Indigenous employees are, are welcome as well to learn from each other. And I'm interested to hear a little bit more about that and um, how the idea came about and um, sort of what the objectives are of that employee circle. Yeah, so the um, Indigenous Employee Circle is something that we launched last year in, in 2021, and it is open to both Indigenous and non-Indigenous employees. Um, it's grown actually now to about 80 members from a variety of departments. And, um, you know, this, um, you know, the circle is, is comprised of employees, they, they meet monthly, 
um, with the intent of building connections with other in the business, others in the business to learn and grow from the presenters uh, who are Indigenous thought leaders like um, we had recently in Dr. Christopher Horsty from the Tanaha Nation. Um, we also had the organizers of the Moosehide campaign who presented, and that's a really important initiative um, that, that we're supporting at, at Fortis BC. Um, and, um, you know, this is, uh, you know, to help, you know, provide that environment to staff to, um, to you know, to learn and grow and share uh, together and, um, you know, kind of fits with Fortis BC. We have a, you know, a culture of belonging here to try to um, create an environment where everyone can bring their full selves uh, to work and to support our employees. And I would say so far, you know, staff have really appreciated this opportunity, um, you know, to have access to initiatives like this within the workplace. So it's been, you know, it's been positive, um, you know, and we continue to evolve as we, as we move forward. Um, and it's, you know, maybe just another way that we're supporting reconciliation here, creating a more, you know, inclusive environment, as I said about our, you know, culture of belonging for staff to, you know, have a healthy culture for knowledge sharing and problem solving uh, at, at the workplace. Mm -hmm. Yeah, thank you for sharing about that. Um, I think that it's, it, it, it's important for companies to understand um, that, in a part of the recruitment and retention strategy is for indigenous peoples and I guess indigenous employees to feel like they belong and that there's a safe space for them to connect with um, other indigenous and non-indigenous employees. So thank mm -hmm. you for sharing about that. Um, I'm curious that you, I know that um, Fortis has been operating in this space for, you know, a little over 20 years. Um, and I remember about 15 years ago meeting Bruce Falstad, um, and you and he, you know, was leading the charge for Fortis and and had been for a while in regards to Indigenous relations. And you mentioned that you've grown to like about 50 or 60 employees in this space. And so I'm just interested in sort of you know what influenced that um, that growth over over time. Well, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned Bruce Falstead, um, you know, shout out to Bruce. He was, uh, you know, really a, a pioneer and a leader here at Fortis BC and helped shape a lot of those early things that I talked about earlier. So um, really can't say enough good things about him. Um, just in terms of, um, you know, why we've grown, how we've grown um, in, in this area, I really think it's about Fortis rising to the challenge of reconciliation and recognizing the importance of um, Indigenous perspectives, Indigenous knowledge, um, you know, that the, you know, Indigenous people having a say in the projects in, in place, you know, in the territories um, and where they're affected. And so, you know, Fortis BC owns long-lived infrastructure. It's across the land base. And so it's no surprise that, you know, we've had to really kind of, um, evolve maybe more quickly than other organizations. Um, you know, I'm, I'm sure there's some, you know, others are, are doing the same as us, but I think that's helped us along our journey, but also through the leadership of, you know, at Fortis BC here, but, but you know, some of the pioneers like, um, like Bruce Falstead that have helped, you know, shape change here. And, you know, I talked about earlier our um, statement of Indigenous principles. And, and right in the top of that is about making sure we have the resources, 
the people to, to carry out and, and maintain those relationships. And I think part of that growth is really about making sure we have the people to maintain those relationships. You know, we're spread all across BC, so it's no surprise. We need a fairly big team in order to do that. And, um, you know, relationship, getting away from, you know, maybe a more transactional relationship to a, a long, meaningful, lasting relationship is about showing up. And we need the people to do that. And so that's why we've built that team. Yeah, thank you for sharing that. And, um, you know, you mentioned a really interesting point about moving from transactional relationship to longer term, building those longer term relationships and needing the resources to do that. And I'm, I'm just interested to hear from you, like what's some of the feedback from the Indigenous communities that you've been working with um, about just uh, Fortis deepening its commitment to truth and reconciliation? Um, well, it's probably no surprise that, um, you know, having a commitment like we do to, um, you know, to, to, to action around truth and reconciliation is, is welcome news to um, the communities that we work with. Um, and, you know, so we've, we've had good feedback around that. And um, I think, you know, it, it's, it's really about, um, uh, you know, it, in working with the nations is really about, uh, you know, I mentioned it earlier about showing up and being there and, um, you know, kind of uh, investing in that relationship and taking a relationship first approach. Um, probably the, the best success we have is where we have that kind of open, continuous dialogue where, you know, we're hearing from those, you know, the communities, um, what's going on there, we understand and, you know, and there's ways that we are, are helping, um, which builds a really harmonious and long-term relationship. So, so I think, um, you know, the key part of, of reconciliation is the action part. And so, um, you know, the, the best feedback we get is where we're, you know, actually taking action in a community. I talked about, you know, the, um, the IGU project and the, you know, the training, the, the employment and um, the amount of Indigenous businesses, that is really, really positive stuff. And, you know, it, it really helps us form deep relationships. And, um, you know, when the next project comes around, um, we're already ahead of the game and, you know, we can demonstrate what we can do. So I, I think it's, um, you know, the action part, I'd say I'd summarize that and say it, it's about the action at the end of the day. Agreed. Agreed. So what would your advice be if um, to a corporation of, you know, a similar size or any corporation really, if they wanted to start um, making a commitment to truth and reconciliation um, in a more meaningful way? What, what would your advice be to, um, to the corporations within British Columbia? I think there's, um, you know, three things that I would say. Um, first is you got to start on your journey somewhere and it is a journey, um, you know, to, you know, reconciliation is one of those um, immeasurable goals where, you know, you, you got to be actively moving towards it, but you, you know, it, it's a long process and, um, and you have to start. So, so it's a journey get started is, is the first piece. The second piece is, I think, you know, advancing reconciliation and taking action is about building capacity. 
capacity is key both for uh, the organization and for the communities. And, um, you know, internally, we're building capacity through things like our Indigenous awareness training. We're helping our employees understand Indigenous perspectives and histories and culture. And it's so important for when, when they're out doing their work and they're thinking about also what their role is and how they can help, um, that they have that. Capacity is also important on in Indigenous communities where, you know, let's just say we're working, you know, um, you know, with businesses and we, um, you know, we, we sometimes have to, um, you know, help build that capacity in, in businesses and, and um, you know, just like the apprenticeship I was talking about, so that it's there next time when you're, you know, when you're ready to, you know, to start your next job. Um, the other thing I would say is that, um, you know, there's, uh, you, you have to have leadership commitment to it as well. It's, um, you know, it's a journey and um, not, you know, sometimes, uh, you know, to, to solve problems and to keep the momentum up and to have a deep commitment, it takes leadership. And so you really have to commit to it and um, set the right tone in the organization. And I think those are the three, three pieces of advice I would give to a company that's looking to start their journey. That's great advice. Um, thank you. And I guess just shifting into a more personal question, um, Doug, and you talk about reconciliation being a journey and just curious um, what that journey has been like for you personally um, as a professional in this space. Well, I just want to add one thing. I thought of a fourth thing that I, I, I just, it was, it was killing <laughs> me. I really it. have to add, which is, it. it is so absolutely important to bring Indigenous perspectives into your organization. And so, you know, we had great leadership, um, you know, from pioneers like Bruce Falstead. Um, we, where we don't have that inside the organization, we're actively seeking it. And I think that that is, um, you know, the, 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 I, the thing I would add that is really important. Thank you. You know, to get to your question about, you know, how it's been for me, you know, personally, I'm, uh, you know, I, I've been in this role, Chastity, uh, since about August of, of 2020. And, um, you know, I accepted this role because um, it's about making a difference and about doing the right thing. And so um, it's really rewarding to work in an area where, you know, we know we need to continue to evolve. We have to put the right leadership in place and, um, and take action. And so for me, I feel like, um, you know, I really like my job and uh, it's rewarding to work with um, the people and communities and such a talented team that we have here at Fortis BC and to make change. And so I think it's a, an incredibly positive place to, to, to be working. That's great. And I'm wondering if you can, can share, you know, one insight that um, you have gained from like an, you know, an, an Indigenous thought leader or being out in an, an Indigenous community um, that was impactful for you. Um, I, I think um, the, the, the one thing that left the biggest impression on me is I quickly learned how um, diverse the perspectives are. Um, you know, we talk about um, Indigenous peoples writ large a lot of times, but when you really start to work with different communities, um, it is uh, amazing how diverse the history, the culture, and the perspectives are from community to community. And I think it's always really important to remember 
um, you know, who, who your audience is, um, what their perspective is. And um, that part is, um, you know, I think that left a big impression on me, um, just simply because um, I, I think, um, you know, and, until you're working directly uh, with, with communities, you don't necessarily get exposed to that. And it is really, um, you know, really uh, uh, interesting. For sure. I agree. <laughs> it's like traveling into communities. There's <laughs> never like the same experience twice. Right. So yes. that's, that's what's uh, magical about being in this space. So I just want to provide the opportunity um, and some space for you to add anything um, to, to this incredibly insightful talk uh, about what Fortis is doing around um, truth and reconciliation. So just wanna provide a little bit of space if you'd like to add any final thoughts before we wrap up here. Um, yeah, I think for final words, uh, you know, this is a journey and we're always learning and we're always improving and evolving. Um, it's not just about, you know, the business part of it. It's about really fundamentally doing the right thing and, um, you know, about making this a better, a better place uh, for everybody. Um, you know, I would say that this is, it, it, it's not always easy, of course. And, um, you know, as an organization, you really kind of need to step back and do your homework, understand that diversity in, in each community um, and, uh, and respect that. Um, and, and probably most importantly, be prepared to listen and adjust your approach because when you, you might come at it, um, you know, uh, a, a certain way, but, um, you know, there's always a different perspective and being open to listening and to doing things differently is what's going to make change. And um, I think when, you know, when I look at like Fortis BC and, and the commitment we have here, this really has made us a stronger and better company. And, you know, certainly I would say here, there's a lot of pride that we have in working with the communities. Uh, and we're, we're really proud that they work with us. And, um, you know, and, and, you know, so, so for me, um, that's really important. And, and, you know, I, I'm personally looking forward uh, and, and Fortis BC is looking forward to developing relationships, especially as we move forward into this, um, you know, clean energy transition. There's lots of opportunity and, um, you know, uh, looking forward to, to building a lot stronger and lasting relationships. That's wonderful. Thank you so much, Doug, for taking the time to be with us here today. As I mentioned earlier, I've sort of um, had been tracking Fortis BC in the Indigenous relations space for a little over 15 years. And so it's been enlightening for me um, to learn about uh, the journey that Fortis BC has been on in regards to truth and reconciliation and the evolution and the continued commitment. So. I know that I speak on all of us here at the Makuk PCLM team at Business in Vancouver. Um, just want to thank you and, and raise my hands to you and your team um, for being with us here today for your continued support of the work that we're doing. And I look forward to seeing all of the continuing to see all of the initiatives that you roll out with your team. So thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. That was Doug Slater, Vice President of External Indigenous Relations at Fortis BC, and thanks for tuning in with us today.